Today's scripture reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person? which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of God. I'm going to pick up in part eight of a series called Union with Christ. And last week's message was an intentional bridge message to go back to this point about union with Christ. And because union with Christ leads you into how is the Holy Spirit alive and how do we, um, how are we shaped and moved by the Holy Spirit to be close to Jesus? That's, when you're getting right into the center of union with Christ, union with Christ is taking you into the Holy Spirit empowered, the Holy Spirit filled life. Now, before I, I get into I want to say a little something about this. Um, last week, our, our brother John gave uh, his heart. You know, our John is one of our elder candidates. Then he made this little, um, little bit of a side joke about sometimes he could sound a little Pentecostal. Because he wants to be a church. And he actually used these words. He says that when he was young, a young man, he used to depend on God's word. But that is trying to like walk through life on one leg. That you, really, you need both legs, the word and his spirit. And it was only a little bit as he grew in his faith. He didn't, he didn't know how to depend on the Holy Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit make the word of God come to life. And, and, and then he could live in the Spirit and obey God's Word in the Spirit. He could live and obey God's Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't learn that until a little uh, a further portion of his spiritual life. He, that's what he mentioned. And so some people have these very strange notions about what it means to have the Holy Spirit. And today, in kind of the landscape of Christianity, people tend to think that it's like Pentecostals or the Charismatics. Those people have the Holy Spirit and the rest of the Christians, well, they kind of don't, right? But let me tell you, that is so wrong. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're just not a Christian, right? You're just not a Christian. 
Everybody who gives their lives to Jesus Christ is born again. And, what God, and the most important gift that Christ gives you as you're born again is that God the Son gives you God the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come and live in you forever. And today, as we get into union with, return to union with Christ, that's at the center of union with Christ. Our church isn't a Pentecostal church. Oh, but we are a very, very spirit-filled church. And our church has a very, very serious dependence on the Holy Spirit. And I want to give it to you through this very, very important theology, union with Christ. Now, if you don't remember any of that stuff, of course, you can go back to our YouTube channel and pick some of that stuff. And there's some, some kind of complex and challenging theology there. Um, but don't get lost in the weeds. I want to just, you know, get back into it today. And I want to give yourself attention. What we're talking about is how will Jesus be close to you through the Holy Spirit. Okay? Part one. The bond of union to Christ is the Spirit. The bond of union to Christ is the Holy Spirit himself, okay? Part two, communing with God through Jesus and receiving his thoughts. Communing with God through Jesus and receiving his thoughts. Let me just say a little something about this. Don't you want to know what God thinks? Don't you know, want, to, want to know God's thoughts for you? You can. It's, it's there for you. It's very, very real. And the gift by which it comes is union with Christ. Most of us don't really believe in union with Christ, or we have, we're very shaky on union with Christ. It's also why we're very shaky and weak at hearing God and knowing his thoughts for us. I want to take us to that part two. Part three, the mind of Jesus and his riches for you. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, or even can mind has imagined what God has in store for those who love him. But through union with Christ, you can know the mind of Jesus and just something about what he has, his great riches he has in store for you. Okay? Part one, now the bond of union to Christ is the spirit. Okay, I'm jumping back into a, a, a deep series. And so I'm just going to use part one for a quick review. And you're like, Susan, you're not good at being quick. Okay, I'm going to try to be quick. All right. And I'm going to just quickly review what is union with Christ. You are united to Jesus Christ. Union with Christ. Communion with Christ. To be in Christ. That's the way the Bible puts it all the time. Blah, 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 blah. In Christ. You who are in Christ. Not you in the flesh. Or you in yourself apart from Jesus Christ. Everybody who believes in Jesus is in Christ. That's the Bible's language for united to Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an important quote which I taught to you last, um, you know, last fall. And this is, you know, and this is something... I won't have time to reteach this to you, but I want you to hear this quote. It's one of the great, tremendous Bible readers of all time, John Calvin. And our church is kind of known as a Calvinist church. 
I'm not really interested in being known as a Calvinist church, but John Calvin does understand the Bible at a really deep place. And we agree with him, and it's there in the Bible. And I want to give you this quote because it gets right at today's subject matter where union with Christ intersects with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, today's passage, about how the Holy Spirit takes you to the secret thoughts of God. All right? So let me give you the quote. I was kind of bad. I didn't, get, I didn't get it to our AV. So just hear it. So hear it. And hopefully you'll remember it, some of you who, who've heard this before. It's an unbelievably, it's a tremendous passage out of the Institutes of Christian Religion, one of the most important theology books ever written. All right? So here's what he says. How do we receive those benefits which the Father bestowed on his only begotten Son? So here's what's happening. The Father gave benefits to Jesus. But because you're united to Jesus, you get all of that. That's the important part of union with Christ. Salvation is not that Jesus is up there and then he's going to say, you know, I think I'll be nice to Tom. I'll give you some benefits, some forgiveness and be some nice to you and a little forgiveness. And then maybe I'll let you get into heaven. A lot of people think salvation is something like that. Jesus is up there or God is up there. Somehow Jesus is nice to the people who are Christians. And if the Christians really try hard enough to do their religion. A lot of people have that view. That is not true. God bestowed benefits upon his son Jesus and all those who are united to Jesus who was crucified for us and then risen for us, you become united to Christ and all those benefits are yours. And they can never be taken from you because Jesus will never be taken from you. Okay? So, how do we receive those benefits which the Father bestowed on His only begotten Son? Not for Christ's own private use, which He didn't do for Himself, but that he might enrich poor and needy men, and of course women, just the way they talked back then. First, we must understand that as long as Christ remains outside of us and we are separated from him, all that he has suffered and done for the salvation of the human race remains useless and of no value for us. You can't just have faith like it's like a piece of religion. You believe in this thing and Jesus is apart from you. If you believe in Jesus, something happens. And Jesus is now not apart from you, outside of you. He is now in you. And all that the Father has bestowed upon him is now in you too. That's salvation. Therefore, to share with us what Christ has received from the Father, he had to become ours and to dwell within us. Jesus to live in you. That's not some kind of sentimental talk. That's an actual, just a fact, reality, more objectively real than anything that you think is objectively real. It is true that we obtain this by faith. How do you get Jesus to not just be apart from you, but he actually lives in you? Everything that he has won and been given, bestowed on him by the Father is now yours. And now he actually is in you. How do you get that? The answer is so simple. It's crazy. You believe it. <laughs> Salvation is by faith. You believe God's offer 
of gift and promise that he gives you completely that you don't deserve. We call this by grace. You believe it by faith. And then a wild thing happens. Jesus does not remain outside of you. He comes into you and you're united to him. It is true that we obtain this by faith. Yet since we see that not all indiscriminately embrace that communion with Christ, which is offered through the gospel, not everybody who believes in Jesus, they don't embrace it. Not all, we see that not all indiscriminately embrace that communion with Christ. That's what the series is about. You may believe in Jesus. I'm not sure when you came to that faith. Maybe it was when you were very young. Maybe it was two years ago. Maybe it was 20 years ago. Okay? Maybe it was just a few weeks ago. But you know what? If you just hang out with Christians all the time, you will understand that John Calvin is right on the button right. Not all indiscriminately embrace that communion with Christ. You have this reality inside of you, communion with Christ or union with Christ. Most Christians don't, aren't very interested in it. They're not very excited about it. They're mostly interested in, I want to have union with money. <laughs> I want to have union with good, good, good grades. I want to have union with like cool hair and a flat stomach so that, you know, that girl that is my coworker might be interested in me. Those are the things I want to be united to and to be in me. We do not, we are not all indiscriminately, that's the way John Calvin puts it. In other words, very excited, like, oh, give, give that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, give me more of that Jesus communion stuff. That's not what we're interested in. But here's what he says. Since we see that not all indiscriminately embrace that communion with Christ, which is offered through the gospel, reason itself teaches us to climb higher and to examine the secret energy of the Holy Spirit by which we come to enjoy Christ and all his benefits. To sum up, the Holy Spirit is the bond by which Christ effectually unites us to himself. Let me say it again. To sum up, the Holy Spirit is the bond by which Christ effectually unites us to himself. Is it your piece of religion? Let me go do, do my piece of religion. Let me go be like, you know, try really hard to be a good Christian. Is it my performance? It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. How are you bonded to Christ? That's the way, that's another way John Calvin talks about united to Jesus Christ. God, the Holy Spirit, is the bond by which you are united to God the Son. And God the Son takes you to God the Father. See, so it's God doing God for God in you. You can't break it. That's part one, okay? Okay, that's the review. Let's get into our text today, part two. Communing with God through Jesus and receiving his thoughts. Okay, I want to take you to this very incredible thing, what it says here in our passage today, all right? Here's what it says in verse nine. Verse nine. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That's 
the reality of your life. You haven't seen it. You haven't heard it. You haven't imagined it. But God has something unbelievably prepared for you if you know Jesus and you love God. Or even if you love God badly, even if you're like, right now I hate God, but I do believe in Jesus, I'm supposed to love God. Okay? He still has something incredibly to prepare for you. How does it happen? Verse 10. How do you sit to get it? Verse 10. These things, these things that God has prepared for us, which no eye has seen, no heart, you know, no mind, no ear has heard, and no, you know, heart even has imagined. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals it to you, even though your mind never even imagines it. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person? which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Okay? Every single Sunday, some guy gets up here. More often than not, it's some dumb guy named Susan. He goes on a little too long because that's kind of what he's like. Right? And you think it's some guy talking. I hope that's not mostly what's happening. He's a dumb guy. He talks too long. He talks out of the Word, the Bible. But then the Holy Spirit teaches you things from the mind of God. And you hear it and you go, that's from God. (laughs) Okay? Now I want to take you into faith in union with Christ. I want to take you to one of the most important benefits of union with Christ. And that's this question. Don't you want to know what God thinks about you? (laughs) Don't you want to know what God has to say to you? To you. (laughs) I'm not talking about to the world, to the church, to all the Christians. I'm talking about to you. Put in your name there. To you, Gina. To you, Elizabeth. (laughs) Put your name in there. Union with Christ says that Jesus Christ indwells you. He is close. He's not like far, far away up there, like, you know, like far away. And you're like wandering around down here, like not knowing what the heck you're doing with your life. And you're mostly falling down. And sometimes you make good decisions and sometimes you make bad decisions. Sometimes you find out your good decisions are really bad decisions. Sometimes you find out your bad decisions were a little better than you thought. But mostly you feel alone. You're in charge of your life. There's a lot of people today, one of the reasons why they won't believe in God or they think the church is stupid is because there's an absolute thing they assume. It's an assumption. It's an assumption. There's like a doctrine. 
could be in their head. And if you could like open up the theology of their heart, number one doctrine is this. I am in control of my own life and everything is up to me and I'm on my own. That's their theology, okay? That's their theology. If you are listening to this message today on, you know, on our live stream or you're in person and you, that's pretty much what you think. You're on your own and everything in your life is up to you and you're, it's pretty much you're on your, alone. That's your theology. It's a horrible theology. Horrible. <laughs> and let me tell you something which you don't want to hear, but this is kindness. Right? If you believe this about your life and about you, you're going to ruin your life. <laughs> you're going to ruin your life. Some of you may already know, I've already experienced some of that. <laughs> You're going to ruin your life. And if you are a Christian, if you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. But then on Monday morning, you operate on this. It's up to me. <laughs> oh, it's up to me. It's up to me to get a really good grade on this midterm. It's up to me to do really well on this project. It's up to me to get that girl to be impressed with up to me. It's up to me. And you're always trying to figure out what's the best thing to do. It's always up to you. You are not living in union with Christ. You are Lord of your own life. And you're messing up your life. <laughs> even, if, even though you're a Christian. <laughs> even if you're a Christian. You're in a really bad place. You are not Lord of your own life. You're certainly not embracing union with Christ. You're ignoring Christ. <laughs> Christ is in your life. And he's in like back there. So if, you're, if, if, there, if, there's, if your life is a car, you're in the driver's seat and he's in the back seat. You're in the driver's seat, he's in the trunk. <laughs> you're in the driver's seat and you don't even have him in the trunk. He's like hanging on to like the trunk. Like he, you're driving around and you try to kick him out of the car and you're driving wherever you want and he refuses to leave the car even though you pushed him out of the car and he's hanging on there. He's like, I'm still here. <laughs> Some of you, that's, where that's what your life is at. You accepted Jesus a long time ago. You've been ignoring him. You don't go to church. You don't worship. You don't pray. And you kicked him out of your car. <laughs> And he's not even in the trunk. And he's hanging on there. He's like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> You're dumb as heck. <laughs> I'm not leaving. You asked me into your life. I came into your life. We're united. You're not embracing union with Christ. But I am not leaving ever. So open the door. <laughs> okay. I don't know if Jesus ever talks quite that rudely. Because he probably doesn't. But that's, he not, that's what it's like. Okay. Many people think Christian life is like this. You go to church, read the Bible, you pray, you try really hard to do all that religion stuff. And if you do all that stuff, then you'll be a better Christian. Okay? It looks like with your eyes, that's how it works. Okay? That's not how it works. <laughs> Here's the way it's like. There are two people. One of them goes to church, reads the Bible, 
go to Bible study, prays, does that stuff. Another person goes to church, reads the Bible, does all that stuff. So on the outside, they look the same. One of them believes that Jesus loves them and will reach them even when they suck. The other doesn't. The other one thinks this. If I do this, and if I do this really, really well, as best as I can, then I guess Jesus might be nice to me and like do some cool stuff for me. So two people on the outside do exactly the same external behavior, exactly the same. But you don't know what the heck is going on, on the inside. But understand, union with Christ is a reality happening on the inside, right? It's happening in the mind. It's happening in the heart. No eye has seen it. <laughs> but the person inside who's going, I'm a really crappy Christian. <laughs> and usually when I read the Bible, I'm so dumb, I can't get anything out of it. But somehow, Jesus, he's my God. And even though I'm terrible, isn't he going to love me and reach me somehow? The person who's got that going on, that person's in the Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is there. Christ is there. And the Spirit is filling them and taking them to Jesus. So it seems kind of crowded in there, right? There's you, there's Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes. Actually, the Father's in there too. <laughs> but here's what it's like. I said this to you last fall. I don't exactly know how it works inside of your mind. Some of you, when you read the Bible and pray, you actually think you're talking directly to Jesus. And you're like, I, I don't know how the Holy Spirit feels, fits into it. I'm just talking to Jesus. If you're doing that, no problem. <laughs> okay, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Because you think you're talking to Jesus, you know what's happening? The Holy Spirit's making that happen. Anybody who actually thinks he's talking to Jesus and hearing from Jesus, the Holy Spirit's making that happen. That's the bond of the Holy, that's the bond of union to Christ. Now, if you're sitting there going, I'm praying. I have no idea if Jesus is listening. Jesus isn't listening. No, this isn't happening. Jesus isn't listening. The Holy Spirit, you're not being worked on by the Holy Spirit. You're being worked on by you. <laughs> you're being Lord of your own life and you're doing religion. Jesus does not listen to religion. Jesus does not listen to legalism. Because he doesn't, like, if I go up to my wife and I just start, like, going, you're my wife, I like, like you, I will. and I always just say the same dumb words to her because, like, that's the, the stuff you're supposed to say because that's the legalistic way of being a husband. What will my wife do? At some point, it's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you are not talking to me. You're acting in some weird, goofy fashion. Stop it. <laughs> and she'll stop listening to me, right? Because I'm not actually talking to her. But if I talk to her and I'm giving my full self to her and she starts and I start receiving herself, 
her spirit is coming into me and her spirit knows what's in her heart and her spirit comes into me and I receive her spirit. Her words are going, it's going into my ear and I receive her spirit. Then I'm connecting and being united to grace park. And that's marriage. That's what real marriage is. I'm united to grace park. I don't show my legalisms and act like a good husband. I give my real self to her. I believe that she's going to give her real self to me. And then when her spirit comes into me, I get it. I get her. Then I'm un- the union with grace is on. <laughs> That's how it works. You know what? It's the same with Jesus. <laughs> the same with Jesus. And when you are before Jesus... And you stop worrying about your performance. You stop worrying if you're good enough. Because you should already know you're not good enough. <laughs> okay? And you stop worrying about if you say the right things. And then you're going to like, okay. And if you just stop worrying about, okay, the reason I'm really talking to Jesus is because I need a promotion. So that's the real agenda. So I'm not really trying to talk to Jesus. I'm just trying to turn Jesus into a fortune cookie to get a promotion. <laughs> so you're not actually talking to Jesus. You're talking to a fortune cookie that you call Jesus. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a difference. And so Christians are doing all this crazy junk all the time. And we call it Christianity. What this passage is saying is if you want to get into what no eye has seen, it will be revealed by the Holy Spirit. And if you're talking to Jesus and you're not worried about anything else and you actually think you're talking to Jesus, it's happening. Now let me say one more thing. I'm afraid of Jesus. (laughs) I'm nervous about going to Jesus because I'm so bad. So you just say, Holy Spirit, will you help me go to Jesus? Will you? I'm so bad at getting in the Bible, so will the Holy Spirit, will you fill up my mind and my heart so that you can take me to Jesus? And the answer will be, right on, yes. That's how it will be. So I want to say this one more thing. I want to give you this, okay. If you do this, you could put whatever is on your heart before Jesus, including even if it's bad. You're like, okay, Jesus, I'm probably using it as a fortune cookie. (laughs) Okay, but I really am seriously worried about my promotion. But I really want to talk to you. And I know that I regularly use you. And I'm regularly actually the Lord of my own life instead of you. But please help me not be like that. Would you please, please help me with this promotion? I'm so scared. Whatever it is that you're worried about, he's listening. And sometimes, you know, we think, and this is the part I'm going to like open up today. You're reading the Bible. You're hearing a sermon. Something is going on. And then you think you hear something from Jesus. Did you say that? Was that the answer to my, I, I said this prayer. I really, really need a promotion. Well, look about yes. And then you mostly just think, well, I guess if the promotion happens, the answer is a yes. And if it doesn't happen, the answer is a no. That's, okay, that's normal. 
But what if you need something a little bit more like this? Lord, I need this promotion and I have a possibility to get this job over there. My life will be changed up in a big way. I need some guidance. <laughs> what if that's your prayer? Will Jesus say something to you? And you could hear the secret thoughts of God? Is that possible? Or how about this? What if the prayer is something more serious? My son is not talking to me. I have no idea what to do. I don't know if he's not talking to me because he hates me. I don't know if he's not talking to me because he's just lost and lonely. Can you give me some guidance? Can you say something to me, you know, like the thoughts of God because you're Jesus and like give it to me so I will know what you have to say something to me in this very deep place where I need help. I need you. You ever pray anything like that before? And if you haven't, then I, I, don't, I don't really know how to talk to you because you, what human being has not done that? And if you're afraid to do that, that just means you don't have faith that there's somebody actually listening. What I want to say to you is, at the center of the gospel, Jesus dwells you to say, this is the relationship I want to have with you. Come to me. And by the Holy Spirit, you will hear from me and know my thoughts. And I'll meet you. Let's go to part three. And I want to say one piece of wisdom and I'll tell you one story and then let's close. Some of you are thinking this. I just know this is what some of you are thinking because this is exactly what I would have been thinking. This is what I was thinking when I was a young man. Okay, there are people, they pray to God, then they get an answer, and then they're crazy. <laughs> they, they go, I heard this from Jesus. And then they go out there and act like completely weird looney tunes. And then hasn't whole weird cults are like arisen because they think they've heard some special thing from God and the answer is yes. <laughs> so what I'm actually preaching to you, I, I already, gosh, I, I, I bet you some of my fellow pastors are going to listen to this message, if they listen to this message, it's going to be like, Susang, you're, you're saying dangerous stuff, dude. <laughs> well, I want to tell you two things, all right? I want to give you some wisdom on this so like, just, you, know, you won't do anything crazy. Okay, one, this whole thing, first of all, I just, I'm saying this really strongly to you because everybody wants to hear from God. I am saying 100% he wants to do this for you and he will do this for you if you'll go and believe him, okay? Through Jesus. But let me just add a couple more things here. If whatever you think comes from Jesus is utterly disconnected from the Bible, it's not from the Holy Spirit, okay? I said it last week. We know Jesus through his word, and his spirit. And the Holy Spirit inspired the word, the Bible. So the Holy Spirit is never confused. And the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you something that's completely contradictory to the Bible. So that's one thing. So the word and the spirit go together. 
That's a great way. You're like, I think I heard this from Jesus. Is it really from Jesus? And the Bible says test the spirit. You know how you do it? Do the Bible. Okay, you're like, oh man, I'm not good at the Bible. So, you should start reading some Bible. <laughs> okay? Even if you're not good at it. And say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, take me into your word so then I can know your spirit. And spirit, I can know your word. And then I can really know when Jesus is talking to me. How about that? All right. I'm, okay, I'm not good at the Bible. I'll give you one more piece of wisdom, and this is how it all works together, okay? Go to church. Go to church, and you're saying, I've got this really, really big prayer request. It's deep. It's serious. I gave it to Jesus, and you know what? I actually think he gave an answer. I think it's from the Holy Spirit. And he wants me to do this thing, and it's so weird. It's going to be really disruptive to my life, so I'm actually afraid to believe in it. So you know what you do? You talk to Christians. You go to the church. You, that's the same thing. Talking to Christians and being in church is the same thing. Go to his people. Because you know what the Bible says? The church, the people, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You go to people who walk in Christ, in union with Christ, filled with his word, filled with his spirit. And when you tell them what you think Jesus said to you, you know what they'll do? They'll listen to you and go, yes, no, or maybe. <laughs> you know, whenever I've had a serious question in my life, if it's from Jesus, one of the, you know, a simple thing I just do? I go to brothers and sisters that I'm close to who I respect, and I say, hey, Here's an issue in my life. I prayed this to Jesus. And then this happened. I heard this in a sermon. And then I heard this in a devotional. And then this really, really weird, crazy thing happened. And someone was talking. I think Jesus was speaking to me. And you know what happens? It's really interesting. It's like three out of three godly people listen to that and go, yeah, I think it's from Jesus. And they confirm because they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they know the word of God, when you get like three out of three or four out of four godly people, and they listen to that, and they go, yeah. And you know, it's really interesting because they'll ask you very different questions depending on their personality and how they walk with Jesus. But then if they go, that's from the Holy Spirit. That's from Jesus. That's a pretty good chance. Very, very good likelihood it is. So, the wisdom point of that is, I'm going to say this really bluntly now. If you are coming to church via the live stream, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Come to church in person. Soon. Like next week. Stop it. Okay? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't use Zoom. <laughs> okay? Not, not, not at all. But that's not the way you are in the presence of the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you got to go there. you got to be with the people. The Holy Spirit works through the people, through the relationships. 
You got to go to GLF. You got to go to Life on Life Mission Discipleship. You got to go have lunch, coffee, and your spirit spilled out in honesty and their spilled spirit out in honesty. And then Jesus will be there and the Holy Spirit will spill out from them. And then you will get to the mind of Christ, the real thoughts of God. That's how it happens. Any Christian who does not have a habit of living your life this way, let me tell you, you're, you're in crazy land. <laughs> okay? You are your own Lord. You're breaking your own life. You may call yourself a Christian, and maybe you're not even a Christian. <laughs> but if you don't go to church, you dislike the church, you're like, I don't need church. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm so wise. I always know what to do about COVID. Let me tell you something. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. The most important person in your life is Jesus. His thoughts are there for you. You will receive them through the Holy Spirit, through his word. And the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he absolutely will reach you if you go to where his spirit is, okay? All right, I got to close. I'm going to close with the story because it'll be encouraging to you. Hopefully it'll be encouraging to you. Here's the gospel. We all try our best to try to be Christians. Well, I should say all, but most of you, 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 at some point you believe in Jesus and you try. And then we're like, we get, we stumble. And we try, we find that our best efforts are poor. And then we get discouraged and we think that God isn't listening. And Jesus is really far away in union with Christ. Union with Christ seems like, Jesus is like, this is a long-distance relationship. And if you, know, if you notice, most long-distance relationships don't tend to work. And so, so many people think that your relationship with Jesus is a long-distance relationship because I've been trying to be a Christian and it's not seemingly great. And what I want to say to you is, Jesus died the death you deserved and he washed you with his blood so that he could be never in a long-distance relationship. And he'll always pour out his spirit on you so he can give you his thoughts. And he'll love you and love you, even though you're trying to kick him out of the car. Okay? So I didn't ask him for permission on this, but I know he's not going to mind, so I'll tell you the story, okay? This story's about Young, actually. Last time I told you this story, I told you a story about me when I was very, very stressed about hiring Young into our church because our budget was going like this. I don't know if you remember that story. And I needed the thoughts of God in a very, very, very practical problem about the payroll for like my best buddy. <laughs> right? And I was scared. And I heard his voice. I told you about that. Today I'll tell you a different story. Young told me the story. It was during the years when he was a church planter in Southern California. And I don't know if you have any idea what it's like to be a church planter, but dude, it's hard. <laughs> it's crazy hard. And so you're trying to gather these people together. Their faith is all over the place. And some of them, their faith is pretty weak. 
you're supposed to be the pastor. You're supposed to have it together. And you have this passion for Jesus. And you want other people to meet Jesus. So you gather these people together. You have to set up chairs. You like to get, get, find a space. So, you know, like at, their time, at this time, this was the church that Young and Christy planted, Gospel Mission Project. And they're meeting in this community center. And they have to set up chairs on any given Sunday. Like maybe 20 people are showing up. And just all the pieces and things that make a quote-unquote strong church, they could just feel it all the time. We have holes in our church, holes in our church all the time. And by faith, I'm going to believe that like Jesus will make his church work. So at a time when Young was feeling low and discouraged, he heard about this uh, conference. He went to it. Speaker was a guy named Dick Kaufman. And Dick Kaufman isn't famous, but he should be famous. Many of you know that I love this pastor named Tim Keller. And many years ago, Tim Keller planted a church in New York City called Redeemer. And a lot of people are like, Tim Keller made Redeemer take off. He's so great. And he is really great. But a lot of people don't know that the executive pastor at Redeemer was a guy named Dick Kaufman. <laughs> The executive pastor is the guy who actually runs the church. Okay, so in our church, the executive pastor is young. He actually runs this place, kind of. Kind of runs this place, okay? And I'm the lead. He's the executive pastor. Now, you all know young is so important in our church. So Dick Kaufman is young at, at Redeemer Church when it was led by Tim Keller. And now he's the speaker of this conference. And Young comes in beaten up, feeling discouraged. And every week he just knows that people show up. They check him out and say, hey, is this guy a good pastor? Is this a good church? And maybe this isn't a good church because he's not a good pastor. You know, we all, all of us church planners and pastors, we all know that's on people's minds. It can make you crazy and neurotic. <laughs> Because we know that people are like sizing you up and judging you. And if the church feels like it's not doing well, you know what it feels like? It's because it's, it's you. I know he feels that way. He knows he feels that way. And he goes to this conference feeling that way. And in the middle of this conference, he's praying, 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 Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, all throughout his church plant. And Dick Kaufman said this thing, and it was from the Holy Spirit to the mind of Christ for young. Here's this thing that Dick Kaufman said. Preach the gospel to yourself. That was Dick Kaufman's main thing. When you go do ministry, preach the gospel to yourself. I don't know if, and I'll just say this little thing about young that a lot of you don't know. Young grew up in a very intensely Christian household. But, one side of his family was very, very Christian performance legalistic. So Young grew up with a lot of pressure to try to be the best Christian. Always do everything the right way. Always got to do everything the right way. So for him, being like a mature Christian was always doing everything right. Going to church more, praying more, everything more. And now here he was as a church planner, and he had to do everything more. 
But here he is at this conference. And Dick Kaufman says, preach the gospel to yourself. And when Young heard that, he knew that was from Jesus. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit. And it changed Young's life. And every time Young tells that story, sometimes he tells it to me, sometimes he's, he's telling it to somebody else. <laughs> I, I know that story. I like, it's like, I, I get it. I get it. Because we are so legalists, we are such performance oriented, and we always think it's about me. I got to do this, this, and this, and that. But Jesus, the gospel says that Jesus says, I know you do, you're trying to do this, this, and that, and you're not going to make it. That's why I came for you. That's what the cross is. And even though you're failing, I pour out my spirit to remind you I'm here and will never, ever leave you. And it's always grace all the time. Can you believe that? Whatever it is that you are wrestling with God about, if you don't hear an answer that sounds something like that, that's not from the spirit. But if you hear an answer of something like that, you are getting the mind of Jesus that's a really, really good clue that he's talking to you. Let's pray. Lord, we're going to go to the table, your table, and boy, do we need to eat of your food and of your grace. And boy, do we need the gospel yet again. Every day, People think that they don't preach. They preach to themselves every day. Lord, people think, you know, you go to church, you're like, Susan's my preacher. But actually, the loudest preacher in most people's ears is themselves. And often they preach to themselves the words of the world. We preach to ourselves, it's all on you. And you, you got, if you do X, Y, and Z, then everything will work out great. And that is the preaching of the world. And it is not good news. And quite frankly, it's horrible. What we need to hear is the thoughts of God from you, Lord Jesus. You offer us this unbelievable gift, union with Christ through the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that as we come to your table... We will double down now on believing in union with Christ and seeking your voice and to hear your thoughts and trust that we could be close to you this way. So as we come to the table today, bring us to your body and your blood filled with the Spirit. Whether we come as an encouraged Christian or as a broken Christian, may we come and know that you love us and you'll meet us. In Jesus' name.